It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. And we have a special guest on today, episode 135 of the Brothers Brand Podcast. It's a Super Bowl preview show with our very friend of the pod, Joey Coldcuts. Joey, welcome to the pod. Woo! Oh, let's go, go Joey. Baby. Thanks for having me today. It's not the first time I've been on your pod. This no, is your back. first time. We were on your pod. We were on the sports Oh, were you guys on? I thought we crossed over. I thought we did something on your pod before, too. It was one of those cross-pollination things, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, I guess it's – thanks for having me on the pod. It's the first time. Yeah. Joey, we're stoked that you're on the podcast. This is going to be one of our all-time favorite episodes because we love the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is our favorite day of the year, and to have a nice, strong Callaway man like yourself on today's podcast – Put those two together. It's like peanut butter and jelly or love lamb and tuna fish. Whatever you like. Lamb and tuna fish. Lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> Sorry, That's I was watching Big Daddy the other from. day. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you would prefer spaghetti and meatball? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a better, that's, that's a better analogy. If you, if you don't like spaghetti and meatball, you get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Not, no time for you if you don't like spaghetti and meatballs. But, no, thanks for having me on, guys. It's great. Um Happy to, you know, shoot the shit with you guys and have some yeah. fun and just talk some sports and football and Super Bowl. I mean, it's an exciting time of the year. I see an Eagles jersey down there, uh, McNabb jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And now, Rob, you're you're actually the Eagles fan, no? I was waiting. We're going to don ah, it. Wow, look there, at that. Baby. We're going to don it. Get the you beam know, going. In all seriousness, Ticket, Rob, Ticket would be proud. In all seriousness, I ordered my Patrick Mahomes jersey the other day. It should be here in about two days. <laughs> I'm just wearing this for the pod. Imagine the jersey out. got delivered mid-podcast. You could just grab it on and throw it on. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious. No, I was just on the pod with Ticket. We do the sportsman every week. And um, he's a diehard Eagles fan. So, like, he is stoked. He's super excited. Um, and I, I tell you what, you, you guys got every reason to be excited. This is the best eagles team i have seen in a while i mean i think you guys are much better than when you won the super bowl you know i think you got an absolute just gem in jalen hurts the guy is a stand-up guy he has made maybe taking out talking about the biggest turnaround from one season to the next in terms of his leadership his decision making the guy went from looking like he couldn't throw a downfield pass to now he can throw like crazy rpo like he is hard to to defend and i you guys got a real good shot at this thing man dude i'm so excited and he's just like a stand-up guy just a leader just the guy that you want to um rally the troops he just always is so he's very stoic uh nothing seems to rattle him how about the weapons the man's got on offense and the defense I think the Dude. general manager is really the one that's making all this happen here. This team is Howie, built for decades. Howie Roseman absolutely crushed it. I mean, to pick up Nadamika Sue and uh, Linval Joseph, like, you know, with a couple of weeks left for interior defensive linemen as backups and uh, this, the trades that they made or like the acquisitions that they made. Uh, you know, I love Kazir White. He doesn't get as much credit. Um, the Kobe Dean in the draft, too, was a great pickup. Um, I don't know. This is, the team is stacked at, at every single position. Start with we're the coaching good. staff too. And I think you guys got a really good one. Um, I think the jury was out on him early, but this guy shows that he, he, he's dialed in. He's got like the right mentality and like the kind of like the aggressiveness that a coach 
will be successful in being in Philadelphia. I think that resonates well with the fans. And I think like the players have bought in and it, yeah. it shows. You can't go wrong with an Italian from New York. All right. That no, just is, no, that can't. is success right there from New York, <laughs> Italian, anything. It doesn't matter. Any type of walk of life, business, you name it. They're going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got the right mentality. You guys are really built for success. And I, I told ticket, I said, you know, with Jalen Hurts, you guys win a Super Bowl this year. I think you could easily see him winning another one in the next five years. Like yeah. you guys could be, you know, you could be in a position where you guys are really set for success for a long time. You know what's going to happen is like the core's there, right? You got AJ Brown, you got uh, Hurts, you got, you know, our offensive line is so stacked. I mean, they got a couple. Every one of them has a couple of years left. Maybe Kelsey doesn't, but how about Kelsey a Heisman Trophy winner in Devonte Smith and, and Devonta Smith and three running backs? Like not only you know Sanders, but Gainwell, like like came out of nowhere and he's just a beast. And Boston Scott. So what's going to happen is a lot of those player, a lot of big players on their last leg are going to want to join the Eagles next year. Uh, or the Chiefs or, you know, a team that, like, looks like they're going to win a, a Super Bowl. You got Jalen I like how Hurts. you have your running back by committee, too. Um, I think it works out well. In the past, the Packers, you know, have done something similar. It's just – it's it's so hard to gauge and to, like, prepare what to defend. You know, you have Miles Sanders, who is, I think, as good as – as elusive as a back as you can find. And sure. then with the RPO and the QB draw options that Jalen Hurts gives you. And then you mix backs. it up Gainwell this week. Looked really good. And Boston Scott, this guy is like the little engine that could. He's, he's <laughs> you guys are really well rounded. And then I think Goddard coming back gives you guys oh, a man. huge security blanket up the middle of the field. Uh, I think he's underrated as a tight end in terms of wh- how good his hands are and how, how much he provides, you know, a security blanket for Hurts. You got it's going to be a good game, especially yeah. if Mahomes doesn't. I don't know how hurt this guy is. It's going to be really yeah. interesting. Yeah. You got two weeks, guys. You got two weeks in preparation for this. I think everyone's going to be healthy. Everyone's going to be healthy. And uh, I, it's a battle of offensive and defensive line. And I just think that we have a better offensive line. Our offensive line is absolutely absurd. I mean, Lane Johnson, what he was doing to uh, to Bosa this weekend, like with a, yeah. with a corn groin. And uh, Mayada's pancake. I don't know if you saw Jordan Mayada's pancake, but it was all over Instagram, and it was just the funniest thing. He pancaked Nick Bosa, and was just like on top of him, breathing on him, and like it was just like the most absurd pancake you'll ever see. Um, That's and Bosa's no slim pickings. This guy's a beast. Yeah, and and uh, and we also have the best long snapper in the league too, Rick Lovato, friend of the po- friend of the podcast, friend of the pod. Uh, so. You know you're talking to a diehard Eagles fan when he starts talking about the excellence of his long snapper. I don't know <laughs> if any ESPN analyst is breaking down the long two time Pro Bowler, two time Pro Bowler. <laughs> this guy, look out for number forty five out there. He's going to be so, a game. So Rick, Rick, Rick is actually Rick Lovato is a friend of ours, Joey. This is crazy. So Shelby, uh, we got a little tiny puppy living in Philly, and Shelby kept posting about it on Instagram. And then uh, she was somehow friends with Rick Lovato's fiance at the time. So they were like, oh, my God, your dog's so cute. Uh, who's your breeder? So we put them in touch with, like, our breeder. And they actually have our puppy's little brother. And wow. so we go on, like, puppy play dates and all that stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then Rick's actually from Middletown, New Jersey, which is right next to where we grew up. We actually were rival high schools with him. So it's just really funny. Um, so he's actually been on the podcast. He came on in July and he told his story and you're going to freaking love this dude because his story, we have this segment where we do undrafted. And I, I, I basically hit up uh, players on IG that I know that are undrafted because they have the wildest stories, craziest stories yeah. of how they made it to league. And you'll like this because the Packers gave him a shot. Um, he was, he went to old dominion, uh, came into the league and then got cut. And then he was literally making subs and pizzas at his dad's like pizza shop. And he got a phone call from the Packers saying, Hey, we want to try you out. And so he flew out to green Bay and he did a tryout and they were like, Hey, that was a great tryout. Uh, We're going to offer a futures contract for you. And uh, so he flew back home two days later, the long snapper for the Packers tore his, uh, his meniscus or tore his ACL 
out for the year. So Rick actually flew. Rick got a phone call and he had to like stop making a pizza. He was saying he was like mid pizza <laughs> making. And he, he's like, I got to get up to Newark, New Jersey and fly to Green Bay because they need me. And uh, he played for the Packers for that uh, that year that they went to the NFC championship. He was their long snapper. Wow. Like a couple and of funny years story. Now. I just I just got a DM from the Packers current long snapper and we were supposed to meet up for for like a drink or he wanted to golf or something because he told me a bunch of the guys on the team like him, Tanyan, um, I think uh, Jason DeGuri. Uh, there was a couple guys and they all watch Bob to sports. So he hit me up. So. What, yeah. what are the, what are well, the odds? I just started when, talking to the long snapper from the Packers, <laughs> and you guys know the ex long snapper. Yeah. When uh, when you come to New Jersey, though, if you ever want to come to the Philly area, he he loves to golf. Uh, Jake Elliott and Aaron Sippis, uh, the punter for the Eagles, are all best friends, and they all belong, belong to the same country club. So I'm sure we could get Bob does sports there. <laughs> no problem. Some good golf out there too. Yeah, Pine, sure. we got to get we got to get you on Pine Valley. I tell you what, you get me on Pine Valley. I'll be there next week. <laughs> I, I played it. I played it. How crazy was that? How did you, you know, a member or what? Yeah. So I met a member at the Masters. So I went to the, Rick and I are, are security guards at the Masters. So if you're going to be there this year. Um, and I met, I met a member and we just became like buddies and then uh, stayed in touch for two years. And he just randomly hit me up on a Saturday and was just like, what are you doing tomorrow? And, and he knows that I live 20 minutes away from Pine Valley. And I was just like, what do you want me to do tomorrow? <laughs> he just goes, how's 7 a.m. Uh, starters, Pine Valley. I go, I go, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, you drop whatever you got going to get over there. I think it was ranked <laughs> the number one course in the country. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it like, is. Was it as hard as they say it is? Unreal. Unreal. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible – I'm not a good golfer. Like if I break 100, I'm like so happy. And, uh, and this guy – this guy was great. His name's Bill. And he was just like, he was like, Rob, don't worry. Like I golf like five times in a weekend. And like, I bring golfers out here that like claim to be eighties and, and they shoot in the hundreds easy. So it's like this golf course is just. Yeah. So that's, I heard it's a beast. Yeah. Pretty dope. Now question for you. Are you like you guys, I know you guys go to a lot of games. Are, are you planning on trying to get Super Bowl tickets or is that out of the question? It's or like- funny you should bring that up, Joey. So the last time the Super Bowl was held in Glendale, Arizona, the two of us went. We went early, actually. We spent the whole week out there. And I know you're considering going out and you're on the fence about it. This podcast is going to push you over the fence. You've got to go. Of all the cities that you could possibly go see a Super Bowl in, Glendale, Arizona, Scottsdale, Phoenix, that whole hub with the Waste Management Phoenix Open happening, the 80-degree temperatures, and all the fanfare that you're going to see, you got to do it, man. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime. And then let me just give you this. The Super Bowl has been held there four times. Two times it's been played in State Farm Stadium. The first time, the helmet catch, David Tyree. The second time, Malcolm Butler's interception on the one-yard line. Wow. This Super Bowl is going to be a classic because every time they play – there it is. So you got to go. And the teams line up, but it's going to be real good too. I, I, the only thing, my only thing about that is I went to, I went to a playoff game there um, when the Packers played the Cardinals. This was yes, that game ago. was epic. That yeah. was an unbelievable game. The Packers started down. That was when the, the Cardinals that year went to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Steelers. That was the, you know, the Larry Fitzgerald and Kurt Warner team. And they came out, I think they were up like three touchdowns on the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers was one of his first years, like really like establishing himself. They got all the way back. The game went to overtime. It was the highest scoring game of all time at that time in playoff history. And it was unbelievable. But my only thing against it was it's so far outside of like Scottsdale. It's like you're driving down like it seems forever. And then you see the stadium. It's like a giant spaceship in the, the middle toaster. of nothing. They, they call it the big toaster. <laughs> and it's because it was an it's unbelievable silver theme. It just... and it's got this little slot in the middle of it where <laughs> bread could pop out of. <laughs> the other thing that was cool about that area, and I don't know if they still have it. They used to have the Coyotes Stadium right there. And it was like a huge hub with like bars and like tons of little spots yep. to watch the game like all around there, like Margaritavilles and stuff like that. It was really cool. We went out there in September for my bachelor uh, trip and uh, us and uh, eight other guys. So there are 10 of us out there. We went and we played the waste management Phoenix open course. 
Um, ASU is right there. So we got a chance to go to an ASU football game. And um, it was just, a, it's a great spot, man. I'm glad you've been there before. Definitely would recommend you go in and bringing a microphone so that you can get into media day and interview maybe anybody you'd like. Well, that's that's a page out of your guys. Didn't you guys do that? You got on for the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So we did. Uh, so that was like man. our craziest thing was uh, like that's hands down the craziest thing we ever did was Rick and I. Bought, we were going to the Super Bowl that Sunday. That was the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. So we got to see the interception on the one yard line. We were there for that. That was the craziest atmosphere I've ever been in my entire life. Um, and sports wise and, and, uh, uh, you know, we flew out on Monday and media days Tuesday. And at that time, Rick and I are like, you know, 24, 25 years old, not a care in the world. Uh, we, we had our suits, we had our lanyards on, we had our lapel pins and we bought $25 tickets to go in because they'll actually give you headphones and you can listen to like all the different interviews that are going on. And we had the suits and Rick brought a microphone from home and the cord went into like his pocket, didn't uh-huh. plug into anything. And I had like a little notepad and our plan was like, all right, get in, try to walk down nonchalant, like act like we own the place. And uh, as we were about to walk in, all of a sudden the security guard saw us wearing suits and he goes, Hey guys, what are you doing? Media entrance is on the other side of the stadium. So we had a personal escort to escort us all the way around the stadium. A security guard escorted us all around the stadium, brought us through the TSA, like, you know, the metal detectors and all that stuff. And it's terrifying. At no point, anyone asked for credentials. At no point did anyone ask for credentials, walked right in. And now we're hanging out and we tried to go down the lower bowl and just walk right in. But, but there was a guy and he, he did ask for credentials. He's like, Hey, where are your credentials? And Rick's like, Oh, we got to get it from our manager. And the guy's like, the hell are you talking about? You know, you should have had this years. You should have had this like months ago. And then uh, we find this elevator because they told us there was an elevator you could go down and we found this elevator and it'll never happen again, Joey. Somebody spilt their coffee like 30 seconds before we were about to get on the elevator. So the security guard who was supposed to be checking credentials literally was on his hands and knees cleaning this up. And we just walked right by him with a lot of confidence, (laughs) press the down button, go down. And then as we're about to walk out, two security guards beeline it at us. And we're like, oh God, we're screwed. They're going to ask for credentials. And we just happen to have like coffees in our hand because there was like a free buffet where you could grab coffees. I don't even drink coffee. I just grabbed it to blend in. <laughs> That's amazing, man. And they were like, hey, no food or beverage past this point. So we were like, all right. And then we like tossed it. And then we ended up interviewing Tom Brady and Russell Wil- Russell, um, uh, Russell Wilson and Pete That's Carroll. That's crazy. Yeah, Did you guys get tickets then for the Super Bowl as well, like through that? Or how did that, or did you just buy tickets separately? In advance of going out there, we have some friends in the sports industry. So um, one in particular who works for the National Hockey League. So he was able to score two free tickets and then he was able to get two tickets. Uh, There was four of us essentially. And so we bought tickets and uh, I think together, like all in all, each of us chopped it up, and I think it was no more than four or five hundred dollars a piece per ticket, oh, that's which is outrageous. No brainer. no brainer, yeah. And then, so so, what's the deal? Are you going out, or are you on the fence? Are you? Chilling no, we're the we're kind of on the fence because we're going down there. I'm going to be in Scottsdale almost two weeks, which is why it's like it's a long time. I mean, everybody knows that environment, knows it's crazy. So we're going out there actually this Thursday. I fly out. We're going to be filming for a week for Bob Does Sports. And then next Wednesday, we actually have our Breezy Invitational Tournament. It's our second tournament that we've hosted. We did one in November in um, in Miami, which was a huge hit, went awesome. And this is, the, this is the next one. So we have the tournament, which is going to be just out of control. People are going to be getting after it. Can you tell our listeners a little bit yeah. about this if they want to get involved and be a part and support the Yeah, cause? so, I mean, unfortunately, these tickets we sold out in about 20 minutes because people just go crazy for them. But we're going to have a bunch more tournaments coming up. I know for a fact that during the U.S. Open, we're going to have tickets for a tournament in L.A. We're going to host a Breezy Invitational, and there's talks about doing one in Vegas beforehand. So it's like once every three, four months we host one of these things, and they're really cool. Um, normally we put an announcement well in advance on our Instagram feed on Bob does sports or on our own channels and people go crazy for them. So if anybody's ever listening and wants, you know, you can DM us and we'll let you know in advance when we're going to do another one for now, we're sold out, but 
it's going to be so cool. It's the last one we did was in Miami. We did a whole thing. We did a, the next day we did a pool party at Hyde beach. Um, we at SLS with, you know, it was, it was super cool. I think it, this one, we're going to do another after party and things. So it's like a whole event. It's a lot of fun. And then all these guys come down, they get after it, they get to meet us and shoot the shit. We crush beers and it's just like a laid back fun time. You know, this is, so, this is so smart, by the way, you guys are, first of all, I just want to say, I'm so happy for you guys. Like I am just thanks, so man. happy, man, because I don't know if you remember this, but like, the first time you and I ever met was in Raleigh uh, yeah. and we met up and that was, that was literally the night before you guys met Perez at Pinehurst and you were back, back nine Chuck. And, uh, and dude, I'm just like, ever since then, I was just like, man, these guys are just going to crush it. These guys are going to do great things. And then I'm just so happy for you guys. Um, and I, oh, I texted you, before it was right as you guys launched Bob does sports. I literally texted Bob and just go, I know it's not a competition, Bob, but you guys are going to be bigger than Barstool one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy, man. And to be honest, that's how we kind of really started was we got a, an episode with, with, you know, the four play guys, you know, Riggs and, and the guys on Barstool. And at the time we were just kind of starting out and it was a huge exposure opportunity for us. And even for Perez, I remember Perez at that time, that would have been, you know, what last year around February. So not even a year, not even a year ago, yeah. um, a little, little, little less than a year ago. And it was like crazy because he was at that time, he was trying to get to like 5,000 followers and like, he didn't even really have, not even, I think he had like 2000 followers. Now I think he's at like 150,000. He's quit his job. It's, yeah. we got a Callaway sponsorship. They just launched the breezy, um, you know, I'm, I'm with Sunday Swagger right now, but I'll jump over eventually, but it's crazy, man. It's like so much has happened in the span of like a year. And I remember when you mentioned that, like the first time we met Perez at Pinehurst and it was just like, we, we, you know, the guy DM'd me and was like, Hey, I'd love to meet up for a drink. And we didn't really even know him. We didn't even know he golfed. Like we just knew him through their happy hours. It's just yeah. so crazy. Like, and the, the world of social media golf and YouTube golf is it's taken off. It's insane to see how popular it is. I mean, yeah. we're just kind of blessed that everything kind of has really just come up and fallen in our laps. It's kind of like how you guys got into the Super Bowl as a media team. We <laughs> ended up starting a YouTube channel and somehow our golf influences <laughs> and, makes no sense. And and earlier, our <laughs> listeners, uh, it's my fault. I didn't hit the record button, but we were chopping it up about Callaway and how you guys are the worst golfers there on the, on the team. Oh, by far. Worst but, golfers Callaway's but, ever signed. But I mean, I got to say there's some special sauce going on because even though you guys are the worst, you played with with Max Homa and Keegan Bradley, and they finished one two this past weekend. So you see that? I, I, how great was of that? Of course, man. the have a day hat. Oh man, this was and and like how well they played. Oh man, it was, it was unreal. So cool. I was out with Nicole. We were shopping, and I looked at my phone. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god, Keegan at that point was in third. I think Ryder was Ryder and Homa were like just neck and neck. I think Homa had just kind of tied, like pulled in to like be on top of those. Like they were tied for the lead. And I was like, we're getting home right now. And yeah. we got home and I turned it on and it was so cool. It was like a highlight reel. It was like yeah. Homa would make a shot. Then Keegan would make a shot. Then Homa, they were like five and six under collectively. I think we're the two best rounds for the entire day of the entire field. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so dope. And then Keegan's caddy, Scotty Vale, he's a great guy. He was wearing the have a day hat. So yeah. every time they'd yeah. zoom in on Keegan, you know, people were messaging us like, oh, we got to have a day hats or it, it was super fucking cool. I had actually DM'd Homa the night before on Friday yeah. night. And I was like, hey, dude, like good luck going into the weekend, not even realizing that the next day was the last round. But I was like, I think you're going to yeah. make a big splash. And he kind of gave me like knuckles. And then I was like, dude, this guy is going to win the farmers. I mean, he's he's as dialed in a golfer as any yeah. I've seen right now. And he's just he is. I think he's going to have a year kind of like how Scotty Scheffler had his year last year. I just feel like he's riding the wave. Yeah. He's got a, like momentum. He's got a new kid. Like things are all coming up. He's got some swag. And I, I think he's going to win another one or two tournaments this year. Easy. I'm with you, brother. I think he's, he's definitely top 10 right now. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even put him maybe out of of the top five. Like there's a group of guys that are just, on fire right now playing with a lot of confidence and it's all the big names that aren't over on the live tour and he's one of them it's so cool to see and 
when we played with him, it was single-handedly the best round of golf I've ever witnessed anyone play. Like to be there while like we were filming and he was like shooting the shit with us and like quietly putting up his best round he's ever had. And I think it was on like the 15th or 16th hole. He looked at us. He's like, guys, you know, I don't mean to say anything, but like, I I'm on track to have the best round of my life. And we were like, Oh my God, why would you bring it up? Cause now we're all going to be thinking about it. Every shot he made. Yeah. And sure enough, it got to the last hole. And if he had just, I think if he had birdied the last hole, he would have shot a 59. He had a putt for birdie. It was maybe like a 10 foot uphill putt. And he was treating this putt. Like it was so cool to watch. He was treating it. Like he was like, getting ready to win the U S open. Like he does this whole thing where he lines it up. He backed off. He walked. It was like, you could hear a pin drop and he hit the putt. It looked like it was going in and it lipped out. And we were like devastated because we had every shot that he had made that whole round. We're like, we would have literally Max Homa's 59 on camera from start to finish. It would have been wow. unbelievable. I mean, it still was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, after the round, they're like, Oh yeah, he tied the course record today. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's on our video. And- and you guys played lights out too. Yeah, we did. You guys, like you guys played lights out. You know? <laughs> well, Perez was Perez. I, I'm I'm convinced every time we play a pro, Perez just comes up like I don't know if you saw the Keegan Bradley one. He yeah. just takes yeah, it to got, the next you guys, level. You guys beat Keegan. He hit it off the. He hit it off the. What was it? The the yeah that bulkhead. The bulkhead. The bulkhead. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And like you're right, the match against Homa. We went, we lost with one and two on the 17th. So, like, I think on the back nine, we birdied the first five holes and we were still losing to this guy. We're like, what else can we friggin' do here? Like, this guy is unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. you like seeing it like firsthand like that, I just know that he's just mentally, I think he's got a mental coach too now. I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, and I, I think it's, he's just dialed right now. He's a great he's- bet if you want to put a future on a guy to win a golf tournament. Yeah. So Rick and I uh, work the masters as security guards. Are you going to, are you going to the masters this year? I I'm convinced I'm going one way or another. I'm going to try to make it um, one of my best friends back home. It's like his lifelong wish to go. And I've somehow made him the promise that I'm going to get him there. So like I have a couple people who've hit me up, but I kind of think like through Bob to sports we'll go regardless Yeah, but I, I do believe that we'll be there. And Bob so, was there last year. He said it was awesome. Yeah. I've never been. Um, this would be my first time ever being able to go. So like, I just want to be able to walk the grounds and yeah. just to, to experience it. Cause everybody I talked to who's ever been is like, dude, it's, it's unlike anything you've ever done. Ah, uh, it's so cool, man. This is the, the shrine in the back right here. So here's what you I'll say. know a guy too. Like, yeah, we, I put you in, I put you in touch with Ram. He's a Vancouver guy as that's well. That's right. So. Yeah. Really nice guy. I mean, here's the deal, Joey. There's things in life that have these high expectations, and almost always they don't meet the expectation. Augusta National is one of those rare places that the bar is so freaking high you can't even see it. And then when you get there, it exceeds that. It was better than you expected? Always. Every year it gets better and better. And this is the year because this is the year you're going to have all the PGA Tour guys – Rory and Tiger and Scheffler. And then you're going to have all the live guys all together. We might not ever get this again. They might change the rules. They might not allow live guys in these majors going forward. So this could be one of the last times that you truly have the best players in the world playing against each other. And this is the year, man. This is the year. It's going to be epic. I I wonder how Tiger does this year. I really do. I hope he does well. I'll say like probably one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed was watching him win the masters a couple of years ago. It was, it was like a movie. It, it didn't seem real. Joey, if you decide that you hate us and never want to be on this podcast again, we totally understand. But Rob and I, we were on the 18th green. We were standing 10 to 15 feet away from the man when they dropped the putt in. And that was the most electric thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That is true. That is true. Well, people were going nuts. Yeah. Like it was like yeah. you were watching it and people were like, I-, I think it's legitimately the one time where Vegas must have lost so much money because <laughs> everybody doesn't, who doesn't even watch golf, they just automatically bet Tiger to win the masters. Like, cause they don't know <laughs> any other golfers. Yeah. Vegas must have gotten popped for that tournament. Yeah. And so, so, Joe, so talking about like Tiger at the Masters and that feel, uh, we, uh, 
So my responsibility when I'm there is I escort every player from the clubhouse to the, uh, for, to the putting green. And then Rick takes them from the putting green to the first tee box. So we're side by side with them, chatting it up, talking and all that stuff. And with Tiger, he was just so laser focused that day. Like you do not talk to, to Tiger at all during these tournaments. And then at the putting green, you know, when, when other golfers are there, it's like a solid, you know, you've been to practice putting green before, you know, there's, there's people all around, but with Tiger, it was literally 20 rows deep. Uh, You know, we had to know in advance when he was coming and uh, I was bringing up the masters for Homa every time that I've ever walked him out and like seen his interactions with fans. And that's where you, that's where I really decide if I like a golfer is seeing their interactions with fans uh, and, and home was always a class act. And it's the um, whole week too. It's, it's the practice rounds. It's the par three contest. It's when the cameras aren't looking, what are they doing? Are they giving a ball to a kid? Are yeah. they giving a high five out? Like, I gotta tell you, I wasn't a big JT fan. I never, you know, grown up country club guy, PGA dad, you know, Hey, probably a pretty easy thing to get to where you're at. But when I saw how great and unbelievably gracious he was with all of these kids, I totally changed my opinion of him. The guy is a great dude. It's cool that you mentioned that because this last summer I caddied for Josh Allen in the Lake Tahoe ACC tournament. And, you know, I was with him the whole tournament from start to finish. And he's like a premier player in the NFL that everybody wants an autograph from or to talk to. It's really cool because you you see from your standpoint as a fan, you're on a hole and you're like, oh, that guy didn't sign an autograph or what. This guy legitimately was signing every single autograph from kids. But even then, you have like – he'll tell me like, oh, I can't sign this. or I'm like, why is that? He's like, I won't sign like like cards, like sports cards. And like he could tell too when there's like like jerseys that people are just trying to resell it. He's like, I if somebody wants my autograph for like the right reasons because they want – my autograph, that's fine. But like, I don't think you realize too how many people are trying to resell stuff in this. But like, it's so true because it's like, just like hole after hole after hole. It's just like everybody asking for autographs and stuff. And you get a real good insight when you see someone like him, who's just like, like completely like all on board to like, make sure the kids get his autograph and he's being there and like, you know, conversing with people. It shows a different element of somebody for sure. The hundreds of millions of dollars make it a little bit less hard to be as sympathetic for these guys, but I really do have a, uh, you know, spot in my heart and I feel a little bad for some of them because it's almost like they're like zoo animals because they're walking around the course, they're doing their job. And all you hear every single moment is, Hey, Tiger, can I get an autograph? Rory, can I get a picture? Like it's nonstop. A guy like Tiger too, you got to think he's had that for two decades i mean this guy has had pressure to win more than anyone like for the last i mean as long as you can remember and he's really like one of the the figures in any sports maybe michael jordan is another one where time and time again you expect him to win and he goes out and he wins and like the pressure that has to be on like I get nervous when I'm playing a four, like a two, like a two team <laughs> scramble against like our own bodies. And I got like a six foot putt to win the match. And it's for like 50 bucks. And these guys are putting for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. <laughs> and they got people breathing down their necks and stuff. It's, it's so mental. It's unbelievable. And you don't realize it until you're there and you're like, Oh my God. That it's- day when he won back in 2019 on that Sunday, I remember seeing his eyes and him just like, as we walked side by side, he was in a trance. He was almost as if he wasn't actually there. He was in a different world. And I've only ever seen that out of him, LeBron James and Serena Williams. And they just, these legends have this next level they can mentally get to that. It's like, Hey man, where, where are you? And then they think Kobe's up there too. Kobe used to take another, yeah. He'd go into another whole gear and it'd be like impossible. It's just guys who want to win more than anyone else. Serena Williams is a great one to put in there too. As, as dominant an athlete as we've seen maybe ever, like my God, just a beast. Rick, Rick you got it. You got it. Joey doesn't know your Serena story. So Joey, Joey. All right. Pandemic hits. All right. I'm going to be right back. Got to get my charger. <laughs> the whole world, the whole world's freaking out during this pandemic. And I'm like, what can I do to have a little bit of fun right now? So 
I looked online and my boss was totally cool about it. I was like, hey, if it's all right with you, uh, I'm going to go be a ball boy at the U.S. Open in New York (laughs) for two weeks. And so I was a ball boy during the U.S. Open during the pandemic when it was like a bubble situation. And like we had to get COVID tests multiple times a day. And um, yeah, I legitimately was putting tennis balls on Serena Williams's racket during the U.S. Open on Arthur Ashe court like it was unreal what are the like do they have like requirements to be able to like do you have to have done it before like what are the like what did you have to do in order to get that so the u.s open is one of four tennis majors there's the australian open french open and wimbledon the u.s open is the only one that pays their ball boys but also uh, allows uh, adults basically to be ball boys and they call them ball persons because there's there's uh, kids there's girls boys there's men there's women and me at the age of like I think I was 31 32 at the time and I actually was in the middle of the age bracket there were people that were 50 plus that had been doing it oh. for decades and then there were some like teenagers who were like 16 17 years old doing it and uh, historically what they would do is there'd be like a tryout and you've got to look into this. This would be something that you guys would absolutely love if, if you're interested. But they have a tryout in June where thousands of people will go to the uh, tennis facility, the Billie Jean King tennis facility there in Queens, and they'll physically do tryouts. And the tryout is basically to see your athleticism. Can you move back and forth? Can you roll the ball? Like it's a true audition tryout. And I just happen to be during the pandemic looking into this and all you had to do was submit a video because they weren't going to have a tryout with thousands of people. And they liked my video, I guess, I guess I was good on camera and they said, we'll take you and come on up. So I, that's, that was it. Do you think if you had to do the tryout, you would, you would have been accepted as a ball boy or would that have been it? Here's the thing. I played uh college football. I was a wide receiver. I've got excellent hands. Uh, I'm not the fastest. My like 40 is not going to get me the, the job, but my agility. We used to play stickball at the time with tennis balls. I oddly enough can just like with tennis balls, it's like, come on. Didn't, yep. Unbelievable. Didn't you have like a snag that people were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like I would, I would just throw my hand out there. 120 mile an hour Novak Djokovic serve. Just whoosh. That's got to be nerve wracking with those golf, those golf balls. When those tennis balls are coming at you, that's got to be somewhat intimidating. I gained such an appreciation for all tennis players, men or women, the ability to move around their precision, that court takes a toll on you. And wow, all I can say is tennis is a legit sport. These people are athletes. Oh, big time. But speaking of Djokovic, he's about ready to go for another Australian Open right now. Uh, I think in the final, I think it's tomorrow. This guy is unbelievable, man. Yeah. He's unreal. He's uh, I think this will be his 10th one. So I personally think when it's all said and done, he's going to be the GOAT. I think he gets swept under the rug a little bit. Everybody talks about Nadal and Federer and they forget how dominant like Djokovic, Djokovic kind of came out of nowhere and was like the one guy who was like, I can beat these guys and started yeah. legitimately like paving his own way. I think he's a fierce competitor. I, I, I really like him. And you're right. Tennis is a great sport. I can't believe that you... You're the only guy who would think about being a ball boy and just end up, you know, being in the championship where you're handed Serena it was, Williams. It was like, uh, Joey, it was like that scene in Seinfeld. Rick and I are diehard Seinfeld fans. I love that. Sure. And I'm not sure if you're a huge Se- as big time fan. Seinfeld fan. Yeah. And there's there's one where Kramer becomes the ball boy. <laughs> and that was the image that went through my head. Oh, the last scene where he's just getting doinked off the head with the... That's hysterical, man. I had friends sending me clips of that pretty much on a daily basis. And uh, fortunately, I didn't have any incidents, but it was a good time. Uh, One and done. Let's switch gears here. That's an epic story. But uh, going real quick question on Josh Allen. And then I want to talk waste management with you. The Waste Management Open. And uh, we're going to pivot to the Super Bowl. We got some scenarios we want to run by. And obviously your picks. But Josh Allen... He he he's not doing the Pro Bowl. He's doing the Pro Am. Yeah, he's a big golf which, guy, man. I actually said, faced, did, did he give you a call? Did he give you a call to get you on the bag this weekend? He FaceTimed me um <laughs> last week 
out of nowhere. Like it's funny because Josh and I, we hit it off at the you know ACC championship in Tahoe. Yeah. He's could not be a nicer guy. Super good friend of the pod. Like just the best. I hung out with him the whole week. And then I'm really good friends with his manager T as well. And T kind of forewarned me. He's like, you know, just heads up, like going into the season, Josh kind of goes on like hibernation mode. So you might not hear from him at all. So we DM back and forth on Instagram. Like I'd be like, yo, great game. And like one, every once in a while, he'd see a story and he'd like hit me up with something, but like nothing really much. So I really didn't talk to him. And then out of nowhere, like after they lost last week, I guess like on the Monday or no, it was a Tuesday morning. I'm just sitting in my apartment and I just get a FaceTime and it's like Josh Allen. And I'm like, <laughs> the hell? So I answer and he's literally like driving and he's pulling up to the Bills facility He's like, hey, bud, just wanted to check in with you and see. Like, it's so funny because, like, as soon as the season was done, he's, like, ready. And he's actually out here in California. He's going to be here for a while out near, like, like um, Orange County area, like Laguna Niguel area, I think. And um, such a good guy. wants to golf. And we're going to try to get him on the channel, which would be super cool. But, like, yeah, dude, he's he's just an absolute beauty. He's he's. He's something else, man. That was that was a Canadian and, and hockey coming out of you right there. An absolute beauty. <laughs> <laughs> he's a super cool guy, man. But yeah, I love that. Uh, he hit me up. Um, they, he's actually going to do the pro am for Pebble Beach, which yeah. we're going to be in Scottsdale. We're not going to be able to do it. And then his manager, I think, is going to caddy for him. He's going to do the waste management pro am. But his manager was like, "Would you like to be on the bag?" And of course, I would love to be on the bag, but. We have our breezy tournament that day. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. won't be able to. But yeah, to I, answer your question, they, they did. His manager did hit me up and was like, listen, if you want to be in his bag for the waste management, you know, you're more than welcome to. I think he's going to hold the bag for him. But I'm hoping that we'll be back in Tahoe. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. From a networking once. standpoint, it's never, I've never seen a group of people all together like that, just from like celebrities to musicians to actors to like sports athletes across the board. Um, and everybody's just having a good time because it's before two days and before, you know, they have to really start getting ready for your spring training. And stuff. Yeah. I want to, I want to get, I want to get out there one day for the, for the pro-am that looked It's awesome. super cool. And that course, uh, Edgewood in Tahoe is so gorgeous. It's like just being out there. It's, it's freaking phenomenal. Yeah. How did the breezy come about? How did the breezy, um, collab the or, tournament or, or just the, the apparel like, line? Yeah, just you guys and Breezy come about. I'm curious. So we work for a company doing things media. They're awesome. They kind of really were like the ones to create Bob to sports Hmm. with Bob. Initially, it was supposed to be a different direction of him being like an interviewer and going to sporting events, kind of like what you guys did. But like getting like a man on the street kind of like feel and interviewing different fans and stuff. And then it kind of turned into a whole golf thing, right? So doing things media owned, it used to be, I think it was called golfers doing things was the page. Mm-hmm. And then they changed it to breezy golf. So they owned that channel. It's a big channel on Instagram. Huge. So the idea was to create the breezy golf apparel line. So it would be kind of like get all the following from that line. And then all the following from Bob to sports and kind of coincide them and create a, an apparel line. And it's been doing amazing. Um, I signed with Sunday swagger, last year before breezy yeah. had even started so a lot of people will be like how come you're not with them i could not support them more and like when my sunday swagger deal expires most likely i'll probably jump over and help the guys out because i want to be i want to be with Perez and bob you yeah. know supporting our stuff and yeah. so it's it's been really cool to see it kind of pop i mean bob has really promoted it and done such a good job and like we have all these guys we have a whole team like you never realize what goes into creating an apparel line, especially for golf like that. There's so much behind the scenes things and designs and talks and back and forth that like when it actually dropped, it was so cool. So in order to promote it, they did the breezy invitational, which was our, you know, our, our golf tournament. We did the first ever one, the first annual one in Miami and it was a huge success and they're able to like kind of raise awareness and give gift baskets with like breezy, you know, polos and stuff. And, it's really cool. Rick man. and I have to get off. in on one of the breezy tournaments. So they sell out so come, fast. They sell, they sell out so fast. They sell out fast. Um, and it's just a, it's a hot ticket, I guess. It's like 
both times we put it out, I think in within a span of an hour, the first yeah. one was like 25 minutes. I think this one was a little over an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. It was, we, we, and it's not like we're selling 10 tickets. It's like 130, 150 spots. So people are ready to go. And the cool thing is people are flying across the country. They're coming there for it. And like, you know, there's been a lot of money. Like we did ours in Miami during Art Basel, which is like, at all the hotels and everything are jacked. This one's during waste management oh, and yeah. the super. I mean, super just even trying to find a place is crazy. So see all the support that we got has been really cool, and I think it's only going to grow as as time goes on. I think each one will get bigger and bigger. Maybe maybe we know a guy. Maybe we can look into it for the next one. I don't know, Rob. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I'll give you guys an inside. <laughs> we'll make sure that you know when you're when when we're selling tickets. All right now. Right now. <laughs> All right. So we got uh so so let's let's switch gears to the waste management. So we got the waste management, and yeah. that's one of mine and Rick's favorites. We've been there uh twice. We've seen a couple hole in ones there on the sixteenth green. Wow. Uh which is just amazing. So we hope you get over there. Yeah, we're gonna be there this year. We have our tournament on the eighth, that's the Wednesday. So the Thursday and Friday, for sure, we have tickets to go to that, which will be really cool. I've never been before, um, so it's going to be my first experience. Bob went last year um, crazy. I was still working back then in my, my job, which is nuts to think about. But Bob went last year and said it's just an absolute blast. One of the coolest, most fun things he's ever done. And I'm excited to do it. I think we're going to get mobbed by a lot of the golfers, which is super cool. Um, because when we go to those things, it's like, we're just like anybody else. We're just excited to see the players yeah, and stuff. And then we get a lot of love from a lot of the people who are there. So it's, it turns into like a, a big fun gathering. This is a big spring spring for you. You got the breezy invitational. You've got the waste management Phoenix open, which is on one side of the spectrum. You'd call it maybe like the happy Gilmore of professional golf. Yeah. And then on the flip side of it in April, you've got Augusta, you're going to go to the masters. So this is a big spring for you. I'm not going to lie. You better like get some rest. This is going to be huge. I've been on lockdown this week. I've barely gone out. And I told my, I told Nicole, I was like, I got to get as much rest as possible because I am going to be sleep deprived halfway through this trip. Like they're going to need to send like me to an infirmary before my flight leaves out of Scottsdale. Like you're going to need like the week. IV patch. The, yeah. uh, the IV. <laughs> We're going to have to have them built in. Well, <laughs> And you speaking of networking, you were talking about Lake Tahoe. That's what the Waste Management Phoenix Open is, especially the week of the Super Bowl when the game's being played there. Rob and I, we were there. I mean, Condoleezza Rice, uh, Mark Cuban, Cuban. John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, Daryl from The Office. (laughs) I think the who's who of the world are going to be in Scottsdale that weekend for sure. And it's going to be Bob Does Sports. Bob Does Sports is going to be there. So we happen to be there as well. Rick, let's let's talk about the Super Bowl right here. This I want to get Joey's picks. I want to get yeah, his breakdown yeah, yeah. on this. Let's talk about the topics we got here. I want his hot takes on on the Andy Reid Super Bowl. Explain this. Explain what's going on here. Rick, explain explain what's going on. I'd be happy to do it. I'd be you happy slept, to do it. Yeah, I said explain it, and then you put yourself on mute. Well, listen, <laughs> I thought Joey was going to take the lead on it. I thought he had done all the inside research. I thought we had Adam Schefter over here. But... Oh, far from it, my friend. I want to hear your take. All right, so here's the deal, guys. Andy Reid, from 1999 to 2012, 13 years, he was at the helm. We all know this in Philadelphia. He's the only NFL coach ever to win 100 games and take a team to four consecutive championship games for two different teams. He's done it for the Eagles and for the Chiefs. I mean, that stat alone is bonkers. And the 10 seasons he's been in Kansas City, nine of them have taken him to the postseason. Three Super Bowls, one with the Eagles, which he did back then. But here's the kind of like fun inside story that everybody thinks it's like an Andy Reid going against his old team. I think Nick Sariani is going to be playing with just as much, if not more motivation to get back at Andy Reid. And here's why. When... He was up and coming, Nick Sariani, very young in his career. He was on the Romeo Cornell head coaching staff in Kansas City. They got rid of Cornell. And when Reed got hired minutes after getting fired by the Eagles, one of the first things he did was he did not bring back Sariani. Sariani basically became unemployed because Reed was like, I'm bringing in my guys. 
So Sirianni ended up going out to San Diego with the Chargers for a little while and then, you know, spruced up with the uh, Indianapolis Colts as the offensive coordinator and then found himself in Philly. But I think Nick Sirianni's got a little like chip on his shoulder. So little kind of Andy Reid bowl inside tip there. That's my take on it. I, I didn't, I did not know that. That's interesting to, that you bring that up, but he's well, already kind of like the a, brothers brand podcast. Will you find out that information? <laughs> I tell you what, somebody did their, their, their research. My goodness. I will say, sir, he, he's already a coach. We, we, we kind of briefly touched base. He's kind of plays with the chip on his shoulder. Anyways, like there's that clip, I think on the McAfee Instagram where he was on the sidelines screaming and yelling, like, I like the fire that he has. And I mean, if you, if you need to motivate somebody even anymore, I mean, the guy kind of plays with the passion. He plays with the chip on his shoulder to begin with. That'll be interesting. I did not know that. I really Nick did not. Sariani, another fun fact. He's from a small town in Western New York called Jamestown, New York. It's the same town that Roger Goodell is from. What are the odds on that? I I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even. I can't even believe that you know these statistics. I mean, Rick, you're just playing. You're playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. You are on the Brothers Brandt podcast. There's a Brothers podcast out there that some people listen to. It's called the Kelsey Podcast. The Brothers, yes, the Kelsey Brothers. Let's yeah. talk about that. You've got two brothers going head to head in the Super Bowl for the first time ever, and these guys aren't just like on the roster no they were drafted 10 years ago by each of the organizations they've come up as captains they're leaders they're probably going to go to the hall of fame one day in their respective positions what do you think of the kelsey brothers i i've never met jason so i can't speak i mean i can just i can just talk about what i see from like a a a fan and the guy's like one of the best i sad for the eagles i think they're going to lose him after this year but he is he's a rock on that line and he's an absolute beast. And I think he he has fun when they won the Super Bowl. You saw he was all decked out and went before the parade. Like I mean, he just looks like he has a good time. I have met Travis. I met Travis at the ACC tournament. I played with him and Mahomes with Josh on the Saturday. It was the coolest pairing ever because they were just having a blast. And I got to know him a little bit. I mean as much as you can playing 18 holes. This guy's an absolute beauty. Um, he follows me on Instagram. We've DM'd a couple times. I actually sent a bunch of have a day hats to him. He gave me, he said, send it to the facility. He's an absolute legend as, as is Mahomes, but he has as much fun as anyone that I have ever met. And he's just, they're both similar. They're like, just like carefree. Like you saw him at the end of the game, just like, he just speaks his mind. He doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about him. And he's an absolute beauty. And I tell you what, his brother seems similar because I've listened to their podcast. Well, I, I couldn't be happier for them. And like, they're both just absolutely a shoe in to make the hall of fame when they finish their careers. It's going to be really cool to see. Um, and I don't know, man, I, Travis is a guy who I think you see all the fun stuff he has. He kind of has that little bit of gronk in him where he goes out and just balls out and has fun. But nobody wants to win more than this guy. He's a fierce competitor. Like when you watch him fuck up or make a mistake, pardon my French, I shouldn't swear. Um, like he, he gets pissed off, man. And it really shows like he has, they both have that desire to win. I think it's a great narrative. I think it's really cool. Um, I really don't know who's going to come out on top, but I think they're both going to contribute major, major way for both of their teams in that game. This would, whoever wins, it'd be their second Super Bowl. They'd have trash talking rights probably for the end of time. And I'm with you on that. I think Jason could potentially retire, go out on top. He's getting a little bit older now, 35 years old. Family man, two kids, you know. Right. So that's going to be a storyline to follow. The other really cool fact is we've played, this will be the 57th Super Bowl. And for the first time ever, we're going to have two African-American quarterbacks under center, which is just really amazing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has just taken the league by storm and Jalen Hurts, which we talked about earlier. Tell me about the quarterbacks. They're both from Texas. They've had um, just like fight in them from day one. Um, Who do you think like wins the quarterback battle? in the game, on the field, stat-wise? So, I mean, I think with Mahomes, we all know what to expect. The guy comes up big in big games. I've really seen him not play well in a game that mattered. Um, And I don't think if they lose that game, I don't think it's going to be because he didn't perform to his ability. I think 
like the Eagles are just going to have to be that much better. So I already know what to expect from him. It's going to be very interesting for me to see how Hurts handles this big stage because, you know, as good as he's played and to all his accolades, like, you know, in terms of the draws that you guys have had, you know, in teams you've played, I really don't think you've stepped up against a team as good as the Chiefs. Like even the Niners this last week, you played against a team where they really didn't have a quarterback. So like, and it was at home in in like a, in a good environment for him. So it'll be really interesting to see how he handles the big stage, like how he's going to step up and how he's going to play. I think that's a bigger storyline than Mahomes, who's already been there and knows what, what to expect. He's played a ton of big games. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's just going to be a hell of a game. I hope it's a high-scoring game. I could see it being a really high-scoring game, but I could also see both of these defenses, especially the Eagles, really stepping up, and it could be a really chippy, low-scoring game where field goal, last-minute field goal wins the game. I don't know. I think it's going to be really exciting, though, for we're, sure. We're, we're on with the latter there. I definitely think that the defense is going to do their thing. Uh, what's interesting here is you've got Patrick Mahomes, who had recently, just a year ago, signed the largest contract in North American sports history. And then you have Jalen Hurts, who's playing on his third year of his four-year, $6 million contract. Peanuts. Peanuts. Yeah. Probably the least paid quarterback in the NFL. He's This man's going to get paid. He deserves to. to be. To, I mean, he's gone through a lot of adversity, even in college, you know, as, coming in as like the guy and then not being the guy. And then it's just like, you know. He, he was supposed to be the guy for Alabama and then two ends up being the guy. And then he goes to Oklahoma and it's like, is he have it? And then there's a lot of, you know, even when he got drafted, there was a lot of debate. Like why would the Eagles take another quarterback? And like, is he the guy? And like, he's had to face a lot of criticism and a lot of just adversity. And it, I think it kind of speaks to the volumes of who he is and his character for how well he's handled himself. He's rarely a guy that you see, in the tabloids, he doesn't. He stays out of trouble. He's got a good image. He seems well grounded, um, and I think he's put in the work. Especially seeing how how much he struggled last year against the Buccaneers in that playoff game to come back. A lot of people doubting you, not believing in you that you could be the guy to lead this team. It it shows volumes the work he's put in, and he deserves to get paid every penny he does. And if he wins the Super Bowl. Good on him. I, I think he's going to be there at least another one or two times in the next several years. Aim into that. Rob has a couple fun lightning round questions. He's going to wrap this podcast up with in just a few minutes. But I know I know you like Vegas. I know you're a betting man. You like to bet the house. I want to I want to take care of you here. All right. We've got two teams that were both 14 and three this season. You truly have the two best teams in the NFL going head to head in the Super Bowl. Rarely does that happen. It's going to be in Scottsdale, the Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona. We talked we, t- we talked about the history. We talked about the history at that stadium. All right, here's the deal. Referee Carl Sheffers has been assigned to his third ever Super Bowl. This man, listen to this. This guy, first, this guy Super Bowl, first Super Bowl was in 2015 in Arizona. Okay. He actually was the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 55 when the Chiefs dominated the 49ers 31 to 9. He called eight penalties for 95 yards in the first half against Kansas City, both of which were Super Bowl records. This guy has it out for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a very, very instrumental call that some consider very questionable the year before in the postseason with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, you know, just keep an eye on the yellow flag. I think he could be getting paid off. I don't know. I can't confirm that. I don't have the sources for it. But I really like the Eagles in this one. That's all I'm going to say. All right. What are the Eagles at right now? I mean, the line is probably going to change in the next week and a half. But It started at, two, started at two and a half. I like it to grow. I like it to grow. Is that two and a half? I heard it was one and a half. I, I, I heard it, it went down. I thought it was like. A half a point at first, and now it's at two and a half. No, maybe it might have grown up. I, when I last looked, I thought it was one and a half. Listen, I I told Ticket I've watched this Eagles team a lot, and I think that they do have what it takes to be a Super Bowl winning team. Um, I don't know if you're going to get 
Mahomes will definitely be closer to healthy, but I those high ankle sprains, they could take weeks to get better. He's not going to be as mobile as he normally is. The Eagles defense last week, I know they weren't playing against a true, true you know, quarterback, but they showed me a lot. That interior line, that I mean, they showed me a lot. I think I think the Eagles win this game. I think the Eagles get it done. I like the chippiness of their coach. Uh, Andy Reid's going to call a really good game. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I like the Eagles to come out and win by three. What's what's the what's the score, Joey? What are we going with? I I said earlier, I think it's going to be a chippy game. I'd, I'd like the Eagles to win this. Give me 24-21 Philadelphia Eagles. You heard it here first, folks. And and hey, Rick Rick Lovato with some great lawn snapping for that for that game winning field goal right there. So love that. There He'll love to see that. So <laughs> uh, now now here's my take on the game, and my take is offensive and defensive line. I'm I'm just such a football nerd. I love picking an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman and just watching that battle every single play. I will just pick someone on the offensive line and pick someone on the defensive line to watch every single time. I'm going to be watching the trenches and I just think that the birds have better trenches and it's hard to score points when you don't have the ball. And the Eagles are the team that ground and pound run the ball. You got four headed monster at running back. You got Hertz, Scott, Gainwell, Sanders, you got Goddard as the security blanket, as you were saying before the podcast. You got Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. So it's, it's you know, it's going to be ground and pound. The time of possession is going to play play into it, but the Chiefs can score in 16 seconds. So, you know, you never know. You um, never know. The game's never quite over when Mahomes has the ball. He can make magic happen. I'm going – I'm going with with the score. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm going to go 31-27 Birds. Okay. Wow. Wow. And I'm with you on the defensive battle here. I got like the Eagles 17-12 in this one. I know it's a weird score, but wow. just hear me out on it. 17-12, a lot of penalties, a lot of ground and pound. Crazy stuff's going to happen here. Rob, Joey Coldcuts has been through some very stressful I, times in his life. I don't know if there's ever been a more stressful time than the Brothers Brant lightning I, I, round to wrap up this podcast. Rob. I love it. I'm ready. I don't know if he's going to do this. So, All right. So uh, ra- would you rather watch a game at Arrowhead Stadium or Lincoln Financial? Give me Arrowhead Stadium. Lincoln Head kind of scares me a little bit with those fans. I don't know how I would do there. It's the only NFL stadium with a jail built into it. So yeah, that says something. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm a pretty loud vocal Packers fan. I have a feeling I could be in trouble if I go to Lincoln Financial. All right. Yeah, you definitely can. <laughs> Eat Kansas City barbecue or a Philly cheesesteak. Give me the Philly cheesesteak. I'm a big advocate of Ticket's that. Ticket's gonna yeah. like that one. Ticket's gonna like that. Yeah, give me the cheesesteak. I'm I love a good sub. I, give me the cheesesteak. All right, cool. Uh, banged up with banged up QBs. Are we more likely to see Gardner Minshew or Chad Henney this week, next weekend? I'd say Chad Henney. If we're going to see anyone, I think, you know, one land on Mahomes' ankle, that could be problematic. And yeah. Chad, you got to be confident in, because when he came in, when Mahomes first went down, yards. exactly. So great call. And I think you're right. All right. So do you know do you know any of Rihanna's songs? And if if so, which one is she gonna play first at the Super Bowl so Bob can repeat the halftime show winner oh, that made him so epic last year or years ago? Oh my goodness. Um maybe Umbrella. That's gotta be right. one of the top ones. I don't know if that's all the of our listeners like, better better hammer the umbrella for the first song. And- I think that was like her first big real hit. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, give me umbrella. All right, up a little. <laughs> cool. All right, since Phil Sims for the New York Giants in Super Bowl 21, 1987, every winning team has said this famous line: "I'm going to Disney World." Phrase. Who says it this year? Oh, it's got to be Mahomes who says it, I think. I don't know. But you picked the birds. I know, but I don't think anybody in the birds would say it. I think, like, <laughs> I think if any, 
if I'm wrong in my prediction, I could see like Mahomes with Jackson Mahomes saying that. Okay, we'll pick a guy from the Eagles because I can't go against my pick. Let's say, oh man, it's got to be Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Okay, okay, okay. I think yeah, I think you're right with that. So he's he's definitely saying it. Either Kelsey brother is saying it. Like I love it, and we got the final score from him here. I think he did it. Bro. Well, I one more one more question. One more question that I came up with. Would you rather have a hole in one at the Waste Management Open, sixteenth hole, or would you rather have a hole in one at Augusta National, Amen Corner, Golden Bell? Oh God, that's tough. But is no one? There's no spectators. Full stands everywhere. Oh, full stands for both. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be Augusta. No question about it. Right. I mean. If you could say, first of all, that you even played Augusta is like the biggest flex of all time. But then if you're lucky enough that you get a hole in one at Amen Corner, I mean, that's a story you tell your great grandkids. I mean, I talked to a buddy of mine. He plays in the NHL for the Lightning, Alex Kalorn, and they have their all-star break right now. Mm-hmm. And he just went to Augusta. He got on. I was talking to him this weekend. He said he was going to play Sunday and Monday. So yesterday and today, or sorry, yesterday and the day before. And I was like, man, you got to send me some pictures or something. Just to play and be on those grounds would be so cool. Yeah, give me Amen Corner all day, every day. Love it. You made it through, you made it through the lightning round of questions right there. I almost screwed up on that on that Disneyland question, but we bounced back. We bounced back. We bounced back. back. Finished strong. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Joey Coldcuts, you have yourself one hell of a spring, an epic time out there in the desert. Uh, we're going to be watching for you. We appreciate everything that you're doing. We're so happy for all the success that you've had. Um, just if there's anything we can ever do to help you guys, you know, just let us know. But for all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. I'm the Brothers Brand. Thanks for listening. Joey, thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, uh, Guys, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. And go Birds, okay? I hope you guys watch Super Bowl. Go birds. Go birds. All All right. right. See you, buddy. Take it easy. Bye, Joey.